this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. another episode of the hop nerd podcast before we get started make sure you head over to the website www.thehopnerd.com follow along on all things social media at the hop nerd other than twitter because it is super duper special it is the hop nerd one send me an email the hop nerd gmail.com i've got this other handy dandy email now which is sam that's s-a-m at the hop nerd.com use that cell phone number 480-877-0155 to send me a voicemail give me a call shoot me a text all that stuff having that interaction with you that is what makes this the most fun time ever and speaking of that interaction today is super special for me because i have the amazing the great the awesome steve fuller back on the show if you haven't listened to steve's other episode make sure you go check it out there was a lot a lot of good stuff there but i got some news for you this one is that much better this one was awesome steve actually called me after we finished up and was talking about how awesome this episode was. And I agree with him. There's a lot of good stuff. And it's good stuff from you because this is a Q&A episode. I took some of the questions that you sent me that I thought would be relevant for Steve. And Steve's background is in safety management and leadership and, and all that kind of stuff. He's not not necessarily a hop guy. He's a He's a safety practitioner. And I took some of those questions, and Steve and I took a stab at them. So I won't hold you up anymore. Here's Sam Goodman, Steve Fuller, answering your questions on the Hop Nerd Podcast. I am here with the one and only, the amazing Steve Fuller once again. So that's kind of super cool that Steve is back with us. Um, <laughs> so Steve, for those folks that have not – well, let me say this. For those folks that have not – uh, listen to Steve's first episode. Make sure you go back and listen to that. There's a lot of useful stuff in there about Steve, who he is, but I'm going to make him reintroduce himself. So you don't have to do that right now. Um, Steve, can you tell everybody a little bit about uh, who you are, where you come from, all that kind of fun stuff? Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Sam. Uh, first of all, I really enjoyed being on the last time with you. I truly appreciate that and I appreciate the platform, but uh, I'm Steve Fuller. I've I've got a background from MSHA uh, as well as OSHA uh, actually got my introduction to this safety thing and manufacturing back in the late 80s and early 90s for a short little stint at a factory that I worked at and then uh, uh, due to uh, the economy of the time the factory closed down and went over into a supportive role uh, a position that a company that supported coal mining. So uh, I went into that for a bit and back uh, jumped over into nuclear and that's where I went into safety full time. So 20 plus years of safety and ranging anything from manufacturing to construction to nuclear to uh, refineries to oil rigs and uh, everything in between. So and tried to when I was getting my education, especially with the uh, with the MSHA, I've been to the National Mine Academy and taken a few classes, and uh, I wanted to, to get a little bit of the mine safety and health with the uh, occupational safety and health. Uh, so tried to, you know, round out my professional, what would you call it, 
qualifications, yeah. <laughs> lack of better words. So I believe that safety is safety no matter where we're working. So uh, and 60,000 foot looking down, that's where I come from, Sam. Very cool. Well, and so if you can't tell, Steve's probably about 33, 30, 30 yeah. 34, somewhere around there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I, 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 every bit of it, every bit of 33. Yes. Well, that, that, yeah. I think that's, that's what's awesome. Um, I, I love having folks on like, like Steve, because, um, they have been around for a while. They've, they're a wealth of knowledge. They've seen kind of where this thing has been, where it's going, all that kind of stuff, all the in between. And, and that was really the thought in having, having Steve come back on because we'd got some questions for a little Q and a, um, and a lot of the questions that I had received or the ones that I picked out for this, for this episode, at least had to do with kind of the stuff, as we had mentioned in the previous episode, again, if you haven't listened to that, go back and check that out. Um, Steve is, is a good majority of his career had been in, in, in really as a safety manager in that, in that kind of role of leading other safety people. And I thought that these questions were, were really kind of in and around some of that direction. So I thought that these would be, these would be super cool to talk about. Groovy. Groovy. So one of the first ones that, that, that I'd gotten, um, I put out kind of a general, general call for, for questions. And I, I do that pretty regularly just to get some, um, honestly, it's kind of my way of cheating to put out and get some ideas on what to do videos on and what to do podcasts on and kind of and all that stuff. <laughs> but I like to save a good chunk of them to be able to do these Q and a things. Um, and one of the first ones that I'd got is this whole notion of safety staffing and again a lot of these questions are just getting down into the general profession of safety and the general general practice of safety um the question was how do you determine what staffing levels you need uh from a safety practitioner standpoint from a safety person standpoint for a specific project or for a for a company what are your what are your thoughts steve well i would first of all take a look at the front end you know it's uh uh it's very important to take uh I look at the scope of work, I feel uh, it's important for us to be involved with the planning of work. Uh, I know in a lot of industry, uh, they don't really reach out to us until the bid is won or the project is planned. And they say, all right, guys, this is what we got. What do we need? We, it's important to, you know, do our due diligence and do our homework. And as the, we've got our planners and, the guys out doing the bids on these projects to get involved at that point. That way uh, we can take an early look of the project scope. I feel that way we, we can help uh, better educate our brothers and sisters on the op side of uh, what needs uh, is going to need to be met on the back end. Once we start execution, the executing the work uh, and, and it, of course it's all dealing with risk, what risks involved uh per project to what level of safety professionals and the quantity of safety professionals that should be brought in for that project or for that site uh one thing you know it was i was generally a rule of thumb uh what one safety professional per hundred uh craft employees on site now uh, i think that number has dropped to you know general rule of thumb is one safety professional per 50. Hmm. Uh, craft employees. But again, Sam, it's real important to take a look at the scope of work and the hazards that's associated and the risk that is associated with the project or the scope of work that's being performed. We've got to take an educated look 
and we may need to if if let's just say it's a project that's a lot of uh we're putting a lot of pipe in the ground or we're doing a lot of trenching and then excavating and then of course we want to reach out at that point and uh pull professionals that's uh uh you know specifically uh, expert level at trenching and excavating mm-hmm. so you know it, but it's important i feel at the front end during the bid process during the planning process yeah I, I like that i like that a lot i think i think you're exactly right it's kind of starting really early um say it ain't so right i mean they don't people don't get get safety practitioners involved until kind of hey we need you here Right, right. But see, that's where that's where we need to be more proactive as safety folks, and 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 warming our way into those meetings or getting the ear to the people who are making those decisions. Yeah, sometimes you have to make your own seat at the table. That's <laughs> right. right. You got to kind of seek those things out. And I found that to be true. That if you really, uh, when you force your way to the table enough times, they eventually start leaving a spot open for you. <laughs> that's right they you know it's uh and things things are much are are different today than it was of course 10 years way, ago yeah. and of course than it was 20 years ago but still uh we still need to be proactive you know ourselves mm-hmm. to get in get involved early well, and i really like what you said you know they there are some rules of thumb out there and i'm, I'm not I don't bash companies for putting out a rule of thumb especially you know they go out and they proceduralize that and i get why they're doing that you know, a lot of times they're saying it's it's more of from the standpoint of like, hey, you're not going to operate without some safety practitioners is basically what they're saying. Um, but it, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes you need that kind of line right. in the sand to say, hey, this is where we for sure have somebody. Um, but I, I really like where you went and you went down into more of being um, being cognitive of risk that exists and being cognitive Absolutely. of the complexity of the work and cognitive of, of any really in and around certain SMEs that you might need. Um, you know, we kind of put a lot of stuff under the safety umbrella, but some folks are just subject matter experts at cranes and rigging or they're subject matter experts at, at different things. So just calling upon those SMEs to have involved is, is pretty important too. But where, I, where I'm really going with that kind of long roundabout the saying was that the numbers are okay, that's fine and dandy, but understanding that you might have a project that has 12 people that might need somebody that's specialized to hang out with those 12 people just to be there to be helpful to them. Right? Absolutely. To be a and to again, them. And, and that's where we need to take a look in the front end to see what the project truly is and what's right. involved and what risk is present the way i see it is you know we, we don't we don't start uh, building a building until engineers have approved the plans or so why would we not start a project until the safety professionals have approved it right. and had their say you know right and i, I that, that's exactly I, I really i really like the idea of being able to um again, just, just really look at it from that standpoint of a risk, complexity, all that kind of stuff, and just understand that, that there's really not a magic number, right? That there's, that there's, not really. there's really not it, a magic number it, It's really not. And, and you know, uh, uh, like I said, we wouldn't, we wouldn't start a, uh, uh, an excavation or we wouldn't start a uh, huge uh, site uh, build without qualified uh, operators. Right. So, well, why would we not, uh, you know, look and have qualified safety right. folk in place right. when we start any project? Well, and I think there's a, um, and it, it'll kind of, I think this will kind of lend into some of the follow up question that's with this one. Um, but it really starts from the understanding that safety folks aren't really going out to oversight, they're really going out to be a resource. 
That's right. right? And I, I that's think that's right. a big shift in understanding. I would say that I've seen personally in the past, we just mentioned 10 years, about 10 years, that's really changed a lot, right? Oh, in kind yes. of the past 10 years. Yeah. For, for a long time, we were seeing more of an audit of to go out and find and fix and thou shalt and thou shan't. <laughs> Well, stuff. we're not a, we're not a police force any right, longer, thank right. God, and we're not we're not looked at as a police force. Right. So when you look at something that's super complex, you're going, oh, we probably need some some resources here. Uh, and again, we're we're viewed as a resource, just as you would with again. We mentioned several support functions in that kind of space that we can be very supportive of. But so the follow up right. with that not- was this was. Um, Sometimes it can be a struggle to get what you need, basically, when it comes to safety pros. Uh, so how do you have any pro tips out there for folks on how to convince leaders to to fund safety staffing or to give you the resources that you need? Because I, I know I know I've faced that struggle. I know that you faced that struggle. I, I think anybody that's been in this business more than a second has probably had that conversation of, hey, we need some more hands. Um, how do you approach that? You know, I'm going to be honest and and totally honest. Educate yourself in the company's performance. Educate yourself in the financials as much as I know we're not. uh, A lot of times our positions don't allow us to be uh, privy to a lot of the financials, but Mm -hmm. still as much as you can be. And be smart. Sit down with, with the decision makers and plead an educated case on financials on financials where safety saves money where safety actually can make you money right and and if you if you need any help with that there's tons of resources all all these insurance carriers uh they they tons of resources they provide uh you know do your research but the and, and let me let me stress this be patient don't get aggravated uh you gotta look our brothers and sisters that's over on the op side, they have a lot of stress on them. Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, we're focused on the safety end of it. Well, they're focused on the safety end of it. They're focused on the budget. They are focused on making sure the project comes in on time. Right. So they've got a lot of irons in the fire that we have got to be cognizant of and we need to be supportive of, sure. but be patient, be patient. That's, I, overall and <laughs> be patient <laughs> but but educate yourself uh and and go into the meetings and go into those conversations calmly and just talk with confidence and you know that, that's the best advice i could give i think you hit something there that's huge that um most safety folks aren't very good at because for, for whatever reason it's just not in in their personality sometimes or at least I would say at least 80% of our personalities. Some of us have it, some of us don't. I'm, I'm not saying that I do by any means, um, but right. we're not really good at understanding that we still have to make a business case for stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're, we're, we're still in a business, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are. And, you know, I hate to say this. I really hate to say it, but it's a fact. The company ain't making money. I I don't have a job. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? We, I, I think um, I, I just had uh, – I just had one of my uh, near and dear friends on the other day, um, guy by the name of Ian Allison, super smart guy, and it, we had went down some of this conversation on what you know. You still you have to acknowledge what the goal of the organization is, right? What, what's right. what's the real goal? And again, if you just get down to just the overarching goal at the highest million foot up level of any organization, it's ultimately to make money 
we have to be able to have the intelligence to admit that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, that people are in business to make money. And, and we like to, to kind of throw out these things and say, no, we're not. We're in business to be safe. And that's not true, though. Right. That, that's, just, no, that's, that's just that's the kind of fluffy, kind of not a real answer, kind of feels good, maybe helps us get more work type of thing. But it's not, it's not really true. That's right. I, it I, just sounds I, better than I, saying I we're here to make be, money. Right? I think we'd be hard pressed to, to get up Monday morning and find any company that uh, in their, uh, you know, mission statement <laughs> that started out saying, first and foremost, we started this business to be safe. Right. Mm, that's in the mission statement, but you know right. where I'm coming well, from. The, it's, the, it, it, the safety piece is the ethical responsibility piece of doing business, right? It's it's not absolutely. really it's not really in the the mission. It's it's the responsibility that that organizations have. And I think I think that's the understanding. I think safety pros. It's easy for us because as you you kind of mentioned that we're in this space where our mind is really only focused in one one facet of the organization sometimes. Um, so yep. it does us a lot of good. Uh, I think you gave some really solid advice there to open up our mind to the rest of the business, to really understand right. the business portion of it and how we can better support the business. And I think if we do that, we'll find ourselves in a much more successful place when we go to argue for things like this, because we'll understand where it makes sense to do this stuff and where it doesn't. Absolutely. And again, be patient yeah. and be understanding. I, I have not met I, and I have I have not met an ops person, and I, we keep picking on ops people, but I've I've not met a leader of an organization at any level that if you take them a solid business case and make it make sense to them, to where they would turn you down. No, that's true, and and, and you've got to understand. I don't think they would be in that position of uh, being a decision maker that high up the pole if. Uh, they didn't make good decisions. I think the problem where with that is that a lot of times, again, back to our, our nat nature as safety professionals, sometimes we get to this thing where we go, well, we need a safety professional. And the, the question is why? And we say, well, because it's the right thing to do. But why? Because I want you to. But why? Uh, and then we run, we storm off. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and understanding that that yeah. doesn't get us very far. So it's still circling back to your main point there, Steve, that it's really about making a solid case for it, right? Why, why Make it make sense, and you'll usually get what you need, right? Absolutely. Best case scenario is, is after your conversation, as you leave that meeting, uh, you just created another safety professional, right. even though he's the ops counterpart. He's a safety professional. Right. He understands. Right. Well, and that's part of that is understanding that we're all in this thing together. That's a huge, huge piece. Um, and I think some of that goes to this next question because we we kind of talking about the nature of safety professionals and the nature of this job. Um, the question was that really in and around job stress and that we deal with some crazy stuff and work gets overwhelming. Um, this person was basically going on to say that they're struggling at work. They're dealing with challenges. You know, um, it's it's a weird situation because they're struggling with leaving work at work, but then they also dread going back to work. You know, you know it's like they can't, they can't right. get away from it. Um, and uh, so a lot of this question circles back to job stress. Um, and I've, I've done some videos, or I've, I don't think they're out yet, but you'll see some videos coming out where I've talked a little bit about stress and, and mental health of safety professionals and all that stuff. I think that's a super important topic that it gets overlooked a lot. We don't, we don't talk about that much. There's still a lot of 
there's still a I lot agree. of not so great feelings around if somebody says that they need even a mental health day or something we're going oh that's weird right <laughs> but right. but it's right. so, it's it's something that definitely affects folks so um again to get back to the question this person they're struggling with leaving work at work they're dreading going to work and it has to do with job stress and basically what they're asking is how do you deal with that stress or how do you deal with those rough that rough stuff at work is there, do you have any advice for for new and old safety professionals out there that, that are struggling with job stress absolutely uh I would say, and don't take this wrong, but practice what you preach. And what I mean by that is how many times have you as a safety professional, Sam, and I know I have uncountable a number of times, have we been on a job site, been in meetings, been in briefings, and we see somebody that we know and they're out of sorts that day and we kind of pull them aside and we're concerned and find out they're having, you know, some, uh, some problems at home. We want to counsel with them and give them support and, or just trouble with the job. And, you know, Hey, you need to take you a couple of days off to get right. You know, but how many times it's just like, we see somebody at work that's sick, got a cold. They've had the flu for two or a cold for two or three days, not feeling well. And we insist that they go home and get some rest. But then we turn around, we come to work because we are so important in our mind that it can't function without us for a couple of days that we'll work through when we feel like we're on death's door. Uh, we've got work pressure. We got home pressure. And again, we feel like in our mind, we're so important. We can't miss a day of work, right. but we turn around and preach it that, Hey, if you're sick, stay home, take care of yourself, mental health or physical health. Yeah. Again, if you're having stress at work, you're overloaded. Sometimes it's not bad to reset. So you know what? I need a few days off. I'm going to turn my phone off when I get home. I'm going to take a long four-day weekend. I'm going fishing. I'm taking the family out of town and reset. Right. And reset. It's that simple. Uh, trust me. Every new project I've taken over, I've I've had the same issues come home don't know when to turn it off work to midnight get up at 3 a.m in the morning start all over again and do it seven days a week to the point that just i'm mentally exhausted and i'm physically exhausted how productive am i really being when i'm at work when i should be at the top of my game at that point not very it took me a lot of years to be able to say you know what i've got competent people around me they can handle it for a, you know, a few days here and there and just reset. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that that just just in your heart, in your mind, just say, you know, I'm not dealing with it today. Right. And I think you exactly. I think you called out a couple of really important things. I think there's there's several things that can be going on and there's more than several. But but the two things that really come to mind with me is that you have you have job induced job stress and you have kind of self induced job stress. Right. And That's right. I think if you've been around again for more than a second, you've probably been exposed to both. I think we get in those situations where we're, we do get that thing. We're like, I've got so much going on. I, I, I want to do good with this. I, I want to be there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And we force ourselves into a little bit more stress than what we really should. Uh, and then I think sometimes you do get just job induced job stress from an employer, from, from certain leaders, from certain things, right. That are a little oh, outside of your control. My mind, yeah. Um, and I, it's a harder it's a harder thing to share with people, um, but sometimes you have to say, you know, from the story you're telling me, it sounds like you work for a really sucky employer. 
right? That's, sometimes that's, that's the case. That's an answer sometimes, right? If you say, if you say, hey, I need a couple of days off to clear my head, and the answer is you're the safety dude, you're not allowed to leave, you probably don't work for that great of an employer. That's right. 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 And, <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, it sounds to me like, from from the question you know we've got somebody out there that that's you know their burning platform is to do the right thing right and to the point that there's you know the morality sets in that they're pushing themselves to the fact that they just can't push no longer and yeah. you know my 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 heart goes out to to anyone in that situation because i've been there you've been for sure there. Yeah. as a matter of fact you and i've been there together a we few, have few yeah projects. <laughs> well and that's that's what you i know. share with people um because uh, uh steve for those folks out there that don't know steve steve mentored me a lot earlier in my career and um i've had those conversations where i've called you ready to quit jobs before right i mean i think we've probably shared this yeah. conversation more than once and most uh, folks that couple, have a, that have a mentor times, right yeah. the folks that have a mentor um if you're around this profession for more than a week if you haven't threatened to quit a job you you're not a safety professional right? that's right <laughs> but, that's right but, and I, I so i share that with people and that goes to a, a kind of a later on question i won't dive into it yet but having folks that you can lean on is really important when you're dealing with it job stress, is. understanding that it's okay to go outside and kick rocks and get fresh air and just ignore stuff for a second is okay too. Right. I, I, I think when you find yourselves, especially in those, those situations where it's job induced, understanding that if you, you know, again, you might be working for a not so great employer, but you're still working there for now. Right. And you have to right. find a plan that allows you to deal with that for now. If that means shutting your door, and putting your head on a desk for 15 minutes each day just to regroup and catch your, you know, catch your thoughts. That's, that's right. That's something, right? But again, I think it's important to lean on your family, to lean on your friends, to lean on your your mentors, to lean on those those, those real friends that you have at work. You know, your work family. Um, don't hide stuff from them. Tell them what's going on. Share that stuff with them. They see if you're stressed out already. Hiding it doesn't do any good. Right? Absolutely. So just being open and honest about those, about those, those concerns, um, kind of on, on the personal side is really understanding that if you're inducing this stuff on yourself, um, I can't just say stop it because it doesn't work that way because <laughs> we've all right. been there and over overworked ourselves, self-induced kind of stuff, but understanding, right. I share this tip with people all the time, something that I started doing over the past three years, which has changed my life. And it sounds really stupid, but every day, every day when I get done for the day, I take my phones, I put them in a drawer and they're on silent and I walk away from them for a few hours every single day and I don't pick them up. I don't look at them. I don't do anything with them. Um, especially most of us we're, we're, we two phone it, right? We've got, we've usually got two or three. Of them. Right. Um, right. So you dump them in the drawer. You walk away. You don't open the computer. You don't look at the phone. You take a few hours to just do whatever you like to do. Uh, and then you can go back to it. Right. But the problem that I found is that if I was carrying around the phone all the time, I was always going to eventually end up working. That's right. right? And, and it, 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 and that happens more so than not in our profession, right? you know, but, uh, but you, you touched on something, uh, all the times, what you don't know, Sam, is you know, yes, I got phone calls from you, but, uh, one of the, I, I feel like one of my dearest, closest mentors, one of my dearest, closest friends, still Jerry Poulin, I would wear his ear out sometimes. It wasn't often, but he was always there to listen. And it seemed like to me, after I got through just, you know, spilling my guts and venting, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, I felt a lot better. I did. Well, and that so. the, I think this question really leads into the to the next two. And what's really interesting, I think, and I, I think that's probably where. At some point, I think it's going to be important to do. Um, I've done. Like I mentioned this. I, I've recorded. I've got some out there getting ready to come out. Several videos in around several of these subjects too. Um, but just the fact that people ask these questions so often, I think that it says something that we as a profession really need to kind of band together. And what what we do about it, I don't know. You know what uh, the information I think is really important. But the next two questions are. This one was on job stress. The next one's on burnout, and the fourth one's on on mentoring. So those all kind of go together to me. <laughs> so there, right, there's, there's a lot of concern about practitioner, um, practitioner mental health, right? And just practitioner health in general. Um, so I think where this next question goes is, you know, when all that job stress and stuff really gets to you and all that stuff, um, how do you recognize, and this is hard because I've seen it because most people don't, myself included. How do you recognize when you're just burnt out? Oh, well, to me, it, it right off the bat, uh, it picks up in your family, your personal life. Yeah. You know the things that you usually enjoyed. It's it's to me the signs of depression. <laughs> is is a good good uh, uh, indicators that you just burn out professionally. It, I mean, if you look at the clinical signs of depression, right. and, and then look at your job, and if you know you're stressed, you're burnt out. They're very similar. The signs are there. Sure you're losing interest on the things that make you happy. You're not sociable with your family. You're not sociable with your friends. It's, you know, and it's so easy to do. The thing is with a safety professional is we, when things go wrong, we come in and uh, a good safety professional will be that calming factor when there's chaos. If there's an incident, an accident, no matter you know, to what degree, if there is a fatality or if there's just a boo-boo, right. we come in and we, we've got to be that calming factor and take control, do the investigation, got to uh, talk to the affected families and the affected people. You can't tell me that don't affect you. Right. It does. Right. And after, after a while, you know, it, it builds up. Right. So, you know, I, I would uh, recommend definitely uh, know those signs uh, and reach out to like-minded people, other professionals. And, and, uh, you know, we're all smarter than one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we need to lean on each other and, uh, within the profession and, you know, uh, it, it, we, we could, we could write a book on this. Yeah. I, it, it's something that's real that mm-hmm. we don't talk about a lot. Well, don't give me don't give me any ideas because you're going to see something co-authored by Sam Goodman, and Steve Fuller, pretty soon. If you keep, keep <laughs> oh throwing out goodness. you keep throwing out ideas like that, I don't know. We'll see. What what does everybody out there think? I think that would be the bigger question. Would you like to see something like that? Let me know. You know the email oh, and yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I, I had headshots made years ago. I'm ready. <laughs> you write half, I write half. So that way, we, neither one of us have to write a whole book. That'll be pretty good. There you go. But I, oh. I think it does kind of tie into that. Kind of kind of. I'm I'm not self-plugging here. I'm just saying I think it does tie into something that I wrote uh, not too long ago. I wrote this article called The Six Sucks of the Safety Profession. It was basically the uh, bull crap, let's just say crap, that that they don't tell you before you start in this job, right? Right. And I think I don't don't know. It's just not something that comes up. And I really wrote it out of this whole kind of – it was really more for me because people always ask us, right? What do I got to do to get get into safety? What do I got to do to do this? And I always start with, with the bad stuff, 
<laughs> I always tell people right. that stuff first. And I actually start, and I, th- I think you were the one that actually told me this, Steve, to be honest with you. I always start with, with this saying is that you're going to have days where you're going to go, man, I can't believe they pay me to actually do this stuff. And then you're going to have other days right. where you go, they'll never be able to pay me enough to be able to do this stuff. Right. So right. I, I always right. kind of start with sharing that and kind of this general kind of sucky stuff. <laughs> um, but I think that that's where I th- the reason why I say those things, the reason why I bring that up is because I think a lot of it does lend to this burnout thing. And I think you started down a path there that is, is really important that we're often looked at as being almost these safety superheroes, right? right. We're never allowed to have a brain fart. We're never allowed to, to not know something. Right. And I, I, made up some something in that article. I don't remember what I made up, but I was basically saying, well, what do you mean you don't know what an ABC valve converter is? You're a safety person. Everybody right. knows what an ABC valve converter <laughs> Everybody is. Everybody knows what it You're is. You're a yeah. crappy safety professional. You, right? right. What do you mean you don't understand the rules and regulations around port johns Right. So you, yeah. you get into, you, you're, you're leaned upon <laughs> to, to be a safety or I won't even say safety. You're leaned upon to be an expert for everything else that no one knows. That's right. right. And that That's leads right. and, to that stress and that burnout, I think. It truly does. And I'll be honest, I've, well, you've worked with me. I'm an emotional guy. It's nothing wrong to having emotions and, uh, you know, especially dealing with families, uh, talking to people that their, their lives have been turned upside down due to an occupational event. Right. You know, we've got to be strong, but you know, I'll be the first one when we're talking about it in, in front of a group of men and I have to give a brief and, you know, I'll be the first one to break down yeah. in it, you know, because it's real life. It's real people. Right. So we carry that baggage, but in the same line that you're talking, we're the same guys then that we have to turn around and, and go out into the field, do an assessment, whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we've got thousands of eyes looking at us waiting for us to forget to put safety glasses right. on. So somebody can say, I got you, yeah. you know, so well, you get burnt out fast. I think it's super important to just, um, in, in, in line with that is this, <clears throat> cause I agree. It's kind of, it, some of that has to do with your, again, your workplace culture, which I'll circle back to. Um, but going out and, you know, saying that you don't know is an answer that is an acceptable answer. And yes, again, as a safety professional, I, I, I have found this, I trust other safety professionals so much more when they look at me and go, I don't know, but we could, right. let's go find out. But I have no clue even what you're talking about. I would much rather you tell me that as a safety pro than say pew, pew, from the hip and just make something That's up. Right. Cause so many do, right? Because they're afraid of not knowing something. It's okay to not know. And I think first you, you have to first accept that individually as a professional and you have to make sure that organizations understand that too that you do not you right. don't want a safety pro that knows everything because I promise you they don't. They're BSing you. That's it. Right? They're BSing you, I promise and, you. <laughs> right? But and you and want and the guy what, that's going to say, I don't know, let's go find out. <laughs> that's right. It, it's not about not it's not about knowing everything, but it's important. Hey, we know where to find right. anything. Right. See, when you when when we talk about safety professionals, it's uh, it's just that uh, you automatically think about occupational uh, safety and health. Well, it's not just occupational safety and health. There is NFPA involved. There is, you know, we've got this industrial hygiene right. little uh, uh, segment to it. Oh, what? A lot of us have to deal with the uh, Department of Transportation well, uh, issues. You know, it's it's a lot encompassed there. And this is something that I found super interesting because I actually just gave 
Um, I actually just gave this advice. Somebody had texted me um, today um, on the, the hop nerd phone number. And for those of you out there that don't know what it is, it's 480-877-0155. Um, somebody had texted me and I missed their text. It was a couple weeks old. I get a bunch of texts there and I, I go through them uh, you know, about every weekend just to make sure I didn't miss anything and I'd missed one. Um, but getting back to that message, they were really talking about some, some of the similar kind of stuff here and saying that they were struggling with, with finding a mentor. Um, and they didn't really say a lot about burnout or stress, but they're really talking about mentorship um, and that they didn't really have anybody to lean on. And I think something, and this is what I shared with them and I share with everyone out there, um, what's really amazing, and me and Steve, we're, we were talking before we started this about how amazing technology is, right? We were talking about how awesome it is right. that, that him and I can podcast. He's in North Carolina. I'm in Phoenix. Um, we, you can talk with folks all over the world. There's such a growing community of safety folks out there um, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, uh, on wherever. Most folks that are just a phone call away, most folks will say, hey, just call me. You won't even have to know them. They'll just say, call me, right? I That's think right. there's so right. many folks out there. You're not just stuck with the folks that are immediately around you anymore. Um, one one group that comes to mind, which I, I'm a super fan of, is the uh, Safety Justice League. They're out there on LinkedIn. If you, don't, right. if you don't follow along with them, make sure you do. They're awesome. They've got a podcast that's getting ready to start happening here on Safety FM really? as well. Yeah, so they're going to be they're oh, awesome. awesome. And I really love the way that they approach that is they're going, you know, we're not safety superheroes. Um, we're just trying to bring together a community and be a resource for those safety folks out there that might not have anybody else. Because we've all been there. I know you've been there, Steve. I know I've been there. Um, It can be a really lonely world for you out there as a safety pro, especially in like a contract setting to where you might be the only person that's in safety from your company for a thousand miles. Right. And your, your nearest help is by phone. You know, we end up usually on a little Island somewhere on a little, little power plant here or a project there or working on a, on a building here or doing that. And you just don't have that, those that you don't really have a quote, safety department right well and that, that's true and and first let me apologize we were just talking about we're living in the world of tomorrow with technology and i've got these little gadgets that started talking all around me just now <laughs> so apologize if i bled through well that's fine i, I don't i don't know if anybody heard but i've got a dog that's 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 you can hear the collar rattling in the background too as, as she's walking around <laughs> my feet but. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you're right there's so many uh, Mentorship, let me say, first and foremost, is so important and finding the right mentor to to jail with someone that, first of all, pick someone that really has something to teach you, you know, and don't put false. uh, I know when I was young in my profession that are in my career. uh, There was a couple guys I looked up to that later on in life I've discovered uh, they probably weren't the best to look up right. to as far as in the profession. But after I matured a little bit, I, I kind of understood. But find the guys and gals out there that are worthy of mentorship, right? right? And they are plenty out there. Yeah, and, and, and again, they're not just in your own organization. Um, I think back to the places that all. I've worked, and, and I've had more than a handful in the places that i worked. But I think about it now, and I kind of look around. Um, my, the folks that mentored me was a little more old school, right? I mean, it's probably similar for you, Steve. The, they were folks you worked with, folks you knew, you know, you'd met right. at work. But now it's the that door is so open to where you have folks that are out there that are saying, "Hey, text me, call me, send me an email, I'll talk to you." You know, that's not a problem. Let's talk about it. I um, especially if you're suffering right. this is some job stress stuff, some burnout. If you just need guidance on how to get into the profession, if you just need guidance on where to go next, or if you're just not sure about, um, uh. 
a, a record keeping question. You know, I, I think about, you know, any of those, any of those kind of weird things that are out there that you're going, oh, I don't know what's the right answer here. There's folks out there that are more than happy to just be your friend and help you. You know, I think that's what, yeah, and, that's, and that's what one of the groovy things about our profession is I would say the majority of safety professionals, true safety professionals are just that professionals. Yeah. And part of being a professional is sharing uh, your knowledge right. and mentorship. And, you know, it, it's a great and wonderful thing. I know when I was coming up in it, uh, I enjoyed reaching, uh, well, uh, some of the classes I took, even mm -hmm. when I took the 500 all those years ago, some of those guys I still I am in contact with, you know, so right. it's, it, it doesn't have to be somebody you see every day, right? I, I've got a guy in New York, uh, uh, I won't say the hotel that he is the safety coordinator for, but it's a very prestigious, you know, it's a landmark in New York city, but he was at that class years and years ago. And, and we still are in contact today. And uh, just because he's in the, you know, the, the service industry with hotels and I'm in generally in construction and nuclear plants right. and, still safety safety and we still have the same record keeping challenges so we can still and you know I, I, so i think you, you hit on something there too that's really important um and and then i'll i'll jump into a couple of things on mentoring but the um understanding that you don't want to pigeonhole yourself as a professional or as an industry hmm. um, i find that so most of the vast majority of my background as everybody knows is in power generation and in power generation in particular we have this thing where we, yeah. we we don't really have a lot of competition, right? I mean, we we have we have other folks that do power generation, but we're not really competitors. So we like to share information a lot, which is good. That's a great thing, right? Um, we like we right. like to benchmark each other a lot. The problem that I, that we have in the utility space is that we don't like to do anything that's vastly different from other utilities. Who are going? Oh, what are they doing? Oh, what are they doing? Let's we're seeing kind of this lockstep <laughs> kind of thing. So you don't really right. get any um, any exponential growth or change. Um, until everyone kind of comes together and does it together, which is kind of not great, right? That's probably not a good thing either. So I, that's I, a true statement. To, to your point, uh, I really think that is important to reach outside of your industry. Um, right. So you as a professional can bring back different ideas, right? You can see, I, I promise that's you. That's right. That's I right. I promise you, a problems that we are having in the utility space, they are having in the hotel space. I promise Absolutely. you the problems that they're having in, 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 in leisure and hotel and all and the resorts, they're probably having some of the similar challenges in aviation, right? Well, and you know, so that, much you that's can learn and spread around if you don't pigeonhole yourself to one thing. Well, and, and that's something that really frustrates me. I have talked uh, recently to, to some folks and they're talking about, well, you know, the experience uh, comes over from construction or, or this guy, you know, he's, uh, he's experienced in uh, plants, power plants, but you know, uh, uh, we need somebody that's in construction right. safety. You know, when you're digging a trench in a power plant because you're putting in uh, a new system or, or whatever it may be, how different is that than, uh, trenching and excavating and construction. Right. I think it's the same thing. Oh, lockout, tagout. Is it different? No, you, you're following the same well, standard. And they might you know, have come up it. with some innovation that we would have never thought about because of what we're doing. And Absolutely. that's usually what you find is you find innovation in other industries that we're usually blind to just because we don't go out and look and they're not folks that we communicate with. And I think that's what's, what's really important, kind of circling back to the mentorship with that thing. Um, the general kind of advice that I throw out there for people with mentors, but in, if for those of you that couldn't tell, that was the next kind of question was somebody was asking about how do you find a, a good safety mentor? And the first thing that I would say with that 
is don't limit yourself to safety. I think that there's a, right. there's a lot of right. folks out there. I, I, I've got several mentors that are safety practitioners, safety managers, but I've got mentors out there and folks that I look up to that are not at all and have never been, right? And to me, it's this, is you look for that stuff that you want to grow in yourself and you kind of look for that in other people and those people that have that, you kind of cling to those people and learn from them. Right. right. Um, I can think of I certain agree. people that are just um, some, some would describe them as, as a, as a bull in a China shop. They just have this way of being able to like go out <laughs> and be loud and have these conversations <laughs> and, and challenge and just be okay. And they're well-respected because of the way they approach that. And I you kind of look at that and go, okay, that's not a safety person. That's a, that's a director of something. I'm going to steal. I want to go hang out with them. <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> but finding those folks that, that have those qualities that you want to learn or that you want to grow in yourself, whether they're in our profession uh, or not. Amazing. That's right. Amazing it's, people it, are amazing people, right? And that's right. What, Just what they do for a living. Connect yourself and, and, you know, align yourself with like-minded right. people. Simple. And I, th I think that's when it goes to finding, they kind of tag onto that. Well, how do you know it's the right one? Uh, you just kind of sort of know in your gut. I mean, you kind of start with the basic stuff with me. Um, the first thing with any profession, we like to tout that it's, it's the main thing for our profession, but it's really for any profession um, is, do they have a strong ethical backbone and commitment? Well, duh, that should be the number one question, right? Yeah. <laughs> are they strong, strong yeah, ethical backbone? Are they generally, are they just a good person? That should be kind of like check, check, check. Got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, right? Um, right. And then kind of get down on those other things. And and those folks, uh, for, from, to me, if you, you know you have the right mentor when they're pushing you outside of your comfort zone, when they're going to ask That's you to right. do stuff that you're, you've not normally been comfortable doing, when they're going to throw you out there and say swim, that's a good right. thing. That's a good thing, right? A, a mentor is going to, a good mentor is going to challenge you and push you and, and really push you to new levels. That's really the point. Right. Right. And I, because they're, they're going to, they're right. going to give you more to do because the more you, the more they give you, the more you ultimately figure out you can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. They're, you know, it's somebody that sees, of course, if they're willing to mentor you, that's somebody that sees something in you right. already. Right. And, and, you know, yeah. And just be open to suggestions. Maybe it's something you've never, uh, you know, they suggest you taking a class or suggesting you, uh, you know, get up and talk about something that you never thought that you was qualified to talk sure. about. Maybe they see something in you that you don't see. Probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that leads us to our final, our final kind of question here. And it's, it's on connection. And this person is basically saying that I'm struggling at work to connect with frontline employees. Um, I came into safety from a more office based role and I feel like I can't get a connection um, with folks, I feel like I'm, I'm misunderstood by the trades and that I probably misunderstand the trades. Um, and it sounds like just from not, not being in that setting, right? Cause a lot of us did come up through working with our hands, working right. on our tools right. and eventually kind of moved over into leadership or safety or something like that. And it doesn't sound like this person did. It sounds like, I don't know exactly what their background was. Um, but it just, it right. just says coming up through an office based environment. Now I'm in, it sounds like more of a construction or at least trades based environment. This is how can I better connect with those folks? Do you have any, any tips or pro tips or advice for folks out there just generally with connecting with the frontline folks? Well, I can tell you what always worked for me and, you know, coming from the background that I have and, you know, we all come from our own unique uh, perspective and backgrounds is first of all, uh, when you're dealing with folks that, uh, you know, 
they're doing new processes, something you're not familiar with. First of all, just uh, be yourself. Don't try to bullcrap them. Don't come up with answers that you are not just answers. Come up that, you know, you know a lot about what they're doing when you don't have a clue. Be honest. Come up. Hey, what what you doing here today? Uh, never seen this before. I'm not that familiar. People appreciate it when you ask. You know, you got to remember everybody's human. And on a basic level, everybody wants to help somebody. And even us, I, I, what I do, hey, not seen that done before. Uh, man, that's awesome. Tell me, tell me what you're doing. Explain this to me. You're the, you know, at that moment in time, you're switching roles. Right. You're the safety professional, but they're the subject matter expert. Let them be the subject matter expert. Let them train you in what they're doing. And I, it's like I said before, Sam, I'm uh, even when I, you know, in director level roles, I went to job sites on construction sites to have a meeting with owners and with the, the project uh, uh, management team. And before I left, I'm going, you know, I take out the trash or I'll sweep the floor right. or something to, just to be in servitude mm-hmm. I- and to ease that, to ease that tension between yeah, of course, I'm upper management and I'm director, but still, right. I'm here to serve. And I, that bridges a lot of gaps sometimes. Well, I, th- I think exactly. And even for me, I, th- I think doing something like that shows, even beyond the servitude piece of it, I think it really just demonstrates that this is a we thing. That's you right. I mean, this is this is yeah. a we thing. This is not a you working for me, you doing that, and me managing that, this, and it's a, we're in this together to get something done, right? We're, we're, we're in together and well, that and means it, me helping you sweep the floors. I mean, it's, it's well, weird. It goes it's back to what, what we were talking, what we were talking about earlier when I said we're all smarter than one, right. uh, you know, let's, let, let's level the playing field at that point. Right. And that's, that's some of the advice that I, I typically share with folks um, is very similar to what you just said. Um, as a safety professional, number one, I, I and I'm, I don't, I don't know this person personally. I, I'm assuming that if you're in our profession, you're a pretty curious person. That's you right. have to leverage that curiosity. Um, when you right. lose your curiosity as a safety professional, um, you're not that much of a safety professional anymore <laughs> in my book, right? That's right. So you, That's you right. go out curious and you go out curious to learn. Um, so kind of what you said is, hey, I've never seen this done before, or maybe I have. Um, just going out from a place of understanding, number one, and going out to understand that, that you're not auditing, you're going out to learn uh, and, right. and go out and have folks teach you something. I think that's powerful because not only does it make that interaction good for you because you get to learn something now, um, you get to see how work is actually done, which is kind of the main point that we're trying to get to, right? But then that person right, gets to be proud and show off what they do and they build that that relationship with you and they're going, oh, this person really wants me to show them how I do this. This is cool, you know? And then- but important. Super what important. you just said, Bill, you start building that relationship. Right. And I, and I, I challenge people with this piece of it too, to kind of follow up on that. So go out, stay curious, be curious, always be curious, go out in a position to learn, try to understand how work actually happens. Let them teach you stuff, right? So you don't go out and assume that you know stuff like, just like Steve said. Um, but then this one, um, it's, it's all about relationship building. Um, yes, it is. If you go out and you, uh, Steve hit uh, most of the high points there of just understanding you don't know stuff. That's super important, right? <laughs> Especially if you didn't grow up doing yeah. that stuff. Um, let them be the subject matter experts. All that kind of stuff is super helpful. But then on the on the other side of that, to kind of further that relationship, is you actually, um, again, I'm going to assume that this person is curious and they probably care a bunch, right? 
Um, Absolutely. Go out and, and, and have those conversations. A good challenge that I like to put on to people is to, um, when you first go to a job site, when you first go out and talk to somebody, your challenge is to spend the first and majority of that interaction talking about stuff that is not work-related. That's right. right. And so go out and, and, and the goal is to learn that person to, 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 to really get to know them on a personal level um, because through those connections, it makes life a lot easier for you. Duh. But it, right. it, it, it just does. builds that relationship to where we can actually get stuff done more effectively. Um, and you'll see really, really good professionals in general, not, not just in our field that will go out and go, Hey, yeah, that's, that's Bob. You know, his, his, uh, his daughter has a softball game this weekend. You know, they're going to state and, those people just know their folks really well. So I would challenge right. this person That's with right. that is to, um, if you really want to understand, you have to seek to understand. And it's not about the fact that their specific trade. I would challenge you first to get to know them as a person. And then, then, Absolutely. then you know, be it, put yourself in a position where they can teach you their trade. And, and two, uh, I want to, you know, be sure to mention, you know, this is just, we're talking in general, sure, yeah. you know, the specifics to what, what, you know, uh, would be happy to talk with anybody, you know, to talk about a specific, you know, need or a specific instance right. or, you know, it, it, we're just talking in general terms, you know, I, we totally understand that each situation is unique. Yeah. And, and that, that is, that is a very good point, Steve, because a lot of these questions, they do lack a lot of context and, and we're just, we're just That's speaking right. yeah. in these specific terms. And, and everybody out there knows that about me, that I'm just an email, a phone call, a text message away. Um, I'm sure Steve is as well. Um, Steve, if you don't mind, I'll share your email as well. Um, well, absolutely. So Steve's email is Steve, S-T-E-V-E, Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, 71 at gmail.com. And I'm sure uh, if you've got a specific question for him, he would love to answer that too. Absolutely. It's uh, Again, it's, it's one of the uh, things I love about our profession is, is in generally speaking, we're all you know, we all will help each other. Right. That's, that's, that's serving the end goal. And that's, that's ensuring that people stay whole. Well, and that, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the whole goal of this stuff. I mean, I've shared that since day one, um, with, with this stuff. And I hope a lot of folks share the same or similar goal that our, our mission really, it shouldn't be, um, I know it's sacrilege, but it shouldn't be safety. It shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be that. It should just be coming together to make the world a better place to work. Absolutely. And Sam, before you, before you, uh, uh, in this episode, I would just want to say once again, how proud I am of you. And I want to thank you for the hard work you're doing for our profession and, and I'm following you closely. No, absolutely. And, uh, um, I wanted, uh, b- before we jump off here too, I wanted to give you, uh, and this is totally not safety related. So for all those folks out there that are get mad if I do, you know, the, the LinkedIn police or the podcast police that get mad when I talk about stuff that's not safety, <laughs> But so close your ears. Um, but so Steve has a podcast too now, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. So man. Go, go ahead and plug that a little bit. I've been listening to it. It's pretty, it's pretty good stuff, man. Oh, well, thank you, Sam. Yeah. We're doing a little podcast. Actually, uh, my wife, Miss Angel, she, uh, had an idea years ago, wanted to do a book on how people couples met. We decided to put it in a podcast form and, uh, we're having a good time and it's just that it's uh how we met true love stories that's super cool and so, so I'll, I'll i'll put a link to that um down below in the notes for this so those folks that want to go check that out again um 
we all, I, I hope at least, God, I hope you don't just listen to safety stuff when you listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go crazy, yeah. There's a lot of amazing yeah. podcasts out there. I've got a video that's coming out at some point. I, I, I talk about these videos because I shoot a lot of them in advance, right? Because I'm sorry, right. folks. I travel a bunch. I don't have time to shoot videos every single day. So I try to, I try to shoot them, and then I, I, I put them in, like a, a, in order to where they'll come out. You'll see one where I talk about some of the podcasts that I like to listen to and other stuff that's not hop or safety-related that, that I do. Yes, we all have lives beyond this stuff. Can you believe it? Uh, but, again, for, <laughs> for, for those times when you're done nerding out on safety stuff and you're done nerding out on human and organizational performance stuff, um, make sure you head over and check them out. They, they have a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. It's great. It, it'll definitely, uh, I, I just like it. It's, it's good. It's really good. Oh, well, thanks Sam. And, and, uh, I appreciate that. And I look forward to hearing you on my podcast. No, I hope so. And then, um, any, any final, I got to ask any final words of wisdom, anything else you'd like to like to drop on people out there before we take off? Oh yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks to everyone that, that, that works within our profession. I know it's not the easiest job. It can be a very rewarding job. I know that you do not get the kudos you deserve. I know that every day is a challenge and we do have to make those tough calls. We do have to have those hard conversations, but God uh, willing, you'll do it again tomorrow. You'll do it again the next day because you're the ones who's making sure that mommy comes home, that daddy comes home, that brother comes home, that sister comes home, that, that you're just, I, I can't say enough good things about each and every one of you. You have my respect, you have my love, and you have my admiration. Awesome. And exactly. For all of you out there that are making the world a better place to work, keep that up. Uh, again, you know, we've mentioned it. There's a lot of resources out there. I am just a message, a phone call away. Steve is just a message away. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need help. That's the, that's the big thing with anything. You just need somebody to, to chew on for a second and yell at. That's fine too. I'll do that. <laughs> so, well, I guess until next time, Steve. Thanks for uh, having me on again, Sam. I've enjoyed no, it. It's always a blast, man. I'm, this is number two. I'm sure we'll have a number three at some point. It'll be awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Bye. Well, what do you think about that one? I think it's kind of cool. Steve's an awesome person. Again, he, I've had him on in the past. Um, I look forward to having him on again. Steve is just a wealth of knowledge in and around safety, leadership, and management. Uh, go back and listen to that first one. Um, man, we love talking to these, diving into these questions. It was just a blast to answer that. So, um, if you do have questions, uh, if you do have stuff you want us to talk about, make sure you send it over. I'm, I'm trying to get some Q and A things happening in the future with some other guests as well. So make sure you send me over your questions to hopnerdgmail.com. Sam, that's S A M at thehopnerd.com. Slide into the DMs on all that social media stuff. Make sure you head over to the website, www.thehopner.com. There's a contact form there. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of me. It's super easy to find me. You know how to do it. I've got that hand, that handy dandy cell phone number as well. You can get a hold of me with as well. Um, so just reach out, send me your questions, send me your thoughts, like it, love it, hate it, gotta have more of it. Um, let me know. Let Steve know. Again, this was a blast. I loved it. Uh, until next time. For Steve and I, I will say, bye, everybody. Bye.